This is AgriPulse Open Mic, brought to you by Charleston Orwig. Transparency, sustainability, engagement, technology, privacy. It's a crowded landscape out there. Explore the conversations on Reputation Forward, a Charleston Orwig blog about protecting and elevating your reputation at reputationforward.com. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. When a Midwest farmer plants a field of soybeans, it can be expected that half or more of those little golden globes will wind up in Asia. Our biggest customer for soybeans is China, with an appetite that is viewed as insatiable. Farmers in the United States and Brazil have responded with huge acreage planted every year to meet this demand. In order for the soybeans, meal, or oil to get to its destination, there is need for processors and exporters. I spoke with Chris Schaefer, Vice President of Exports for AGP, the fifth largest cooperative in America, based in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, I started with AGP in 1994. Uh, I grew up on a family farm just outside of Lake City, Iowa. and went to Iowa State. Um, been with AGP since 94. Had a couple years that I've been outside of the company working for the U.S. Grains Council, primarily working on developing markets for corn into the Asian section. Well, that should be ideal for what I want to ask you then, because I'd like to have you, from your perspective, Tell me um, why it's valuable for the U.S. to export our farm products. Well, right now, if you look at the USDA just came out with a report this morning, and uh, if you look at it, we're expected to export this next year about 1.2 billion bushels of beans out of the United States. That represents about 44% of the soybeans grown in the United States. And with where prices are today, probably a little bit over $20 billion worth of trade on the corn side, not as much, but still over 10% and about 1.1 billion bushels worth and about $10 billion. So in total, about $30 billion, and that represents a pretty big chunk of, of the grain that we're growing here. I was looking at some numbers on just how eager people are to buy our crops. According to what I see, we have sold most of the year's quota for soybeans just in the first five weeks of the new marketing year. Yes, uh, we were over 85% of the exports were sold already as of uh, yesterday. Now, they did jump the exports that they project for this year up, and I believe that puts us down to about 65 to 68% sold. And most of them, obviously, will go here between October and March until we start to see the South American harvest come online. Tell me the role that AGP plays in processing and exporting. We're owned by over 200 uh, co-op, local co-op members. And most of them would be in the Iowa, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, South Dakota, Minnesota, and North Dakota area. And those 200 members plus uh, represent about 250 to 300,000 farmers. AGP being a co-op uh, is a vital link in our main business, obviously, is soybean processing. Uh, with our expansion out in Grays Harbor, Washington, uh, we utilize that to move our soybean meal out of our local processing facilities as well as shipping soybeans whole into the Chinese market. Speaking of that Chinese market, uh, 
What role has it played in expanding the exports of soybeans uh, from your perspective? Oh, it's huge. Uh, China this year will import over 50 million tons of soybeans, of which about 50% of it will come from the United States. And, and again, I mean, you don't have to look back too far to see where they were at 11 million ton of bean imports um, uh, from the United States five years ago. And today we're staring at 24 million tons. So, I mean, obviously they're our largest trade partner in the soybean market. Chris Schaefer, some people have said we should never export a single soybean. It should be a processed product. How do you look at that? Well, obviously, with, with AGP being a soybean processor, we'd like to see more of the processed products going. Uh, but Chinese, China has grown so much into more of a Western diet, and their crushing industry has grown so much um, you know, that they're looking at, at doing the processing themselves of the bean. And, uh, you know, if we weren't going to supply the bean to them, they were probably going to find it from somewhere else. What are the challenges of your business? Um, The challenges of our business, uh, you know, a lot of it is on the weather. You know, last year, uh, it's a 100% turn. Last year, we fought the floods of the Missouri River all year, and this year we're fighting a drought. So it's hard to, you know, predict and go out forward and do some trading when you don't know what how big your crop is. I would say that's probably the biggest challenge in our business. Is Brazil becoming a bigger and bigger competitor to you in the soybean market? Yeah, it is, and and primarily it is just in, in how much, uh, you know, their production is growing. Last year they produced about 65 million tons of beans. This year they're going to be on pace to pass the United States alone. They're going to produce about 80 to 81 million tons, which would be a typical year in the U.S., if we wouldn't have had the drought that we had. Um, you combine that with Argentina, and, and they're producing 135 million ton. Um, you go back 10 to 15 years ago, and the U.S. was by far larger than those two combined. You said you work with the Grains Council, so you understand market development and being able to clear the way for exports. Do you think that uh, trade agreements that the U.S. sets up help or hinder our ability to export more and boost your business? Our relationships that the U.S. has, especially in the Asian markets, is very strong. Um, and I don't see very many hindrances right now out there as far as trading soybeans or corn in, into the Asian market. Um, you can see what happens when we do have some sort of a hindrance, and all you'd have to look at is the situation we were with uh, DDGs last year when China imp- imposed a trade embargo on our DDGs, and that didn't get resolved until June, July of this year and, and cut down dramatically on the amount of DDGs we, we shipped off to that country. Well, in the length of time you've been in this business, if you're like me, you've noticed that when there's a surplus, people have a lot more problems taking in your beans and figuring out all the things they can do to avoid it. When there's a shortage, they don't seem to have near as many challenges to importing your product. Exactly, and probably when you're looking at that, the main area you're focused on is Europe. We seem to have more of a GMO issue uh, when, when the French farmer has a big crop than we do when there's a shortfall over there. Is the U.S. transportation infrastructure concerning you? Can it be problematic for us to expand our agricultural commodity exports? 
Well, you know, being in the marketing side, you hate to see an increase in your freight rates, and and we've seen increases of three to five percent a year for the last five to ten years. But our infrastructure is the best in the world. Uh, it makes it very timely to load vessels off the P and W right now when you can load a shuttle of beans in Iowa and get it out there in five days. Uh, it makes you have to have less storage out there, and you can control your logistics a lot easier. So, you know, the logistics in the U.S. is great on, on being able to load vessels in a timely fashion. Chris Schaefer, could you take me through the life of a soybean from the point it's in a field in Illinois until it's dropped at a port in China? Okay, for right now, let's say I have a, a vessel lined up for October 25th to come into our port at Grays Harbor. I would probably look at shipping uh, a typical vessel is 60,000 metric ton, and a unit train of beans is uh, roughly 10,000 tons. So we'd buy from our, our local members six trains of beans to ship out there you know, around October 17th, 18th. For shipment, they'd arrive out there the 23rd or 24th, and we'd try to stagger them by 12 hours. Generally, it takes uh, about 12 hours to unload 10,000 ton. Uh, The boat arrives as scheduled. We don't see too many deviations when they announce what day they're going to hit your berth. Um, It would take us about three to four days to load it. Be done about the 28th of October, and shipment time to a North China port is roughly 15 days. So it would be over there the 13th to the 15th of November. So in all, we'd be looking at from the time it left uh, elevator to the time it got over there, you'd be talking probably around 25 days. Is a boat like a giant rail car as far as having to pay for it if you don't fill it and move it? Yes, uh, you know, when a rail car comes in and you don't load it in time, um, you are charged a demurrage on it. The same likewise with a vessel. The nice thing that we have right now as far as shipping is the vessel freight is very cheap, meaning your demurrage is very cheap on a boat. Uh, generally right now on a Panamax, uh, demurrage is set up at about $10,000 uh, per day. Um, and you normally get six days to load it, so we're fine in getting it loaded in that period. But it's a pretty cheap demurrage when you put it across the entire vessel. Chris Schaefer is Vice President of Exports for AGP. That's AgriPulse Open Mic for this week, brought to you by Charleston Orwig. To learn more, go to reputationforward.com. I'm Ken Root.